Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow the money. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Hour two of Follow the Money on a Monday morning here in Las Vegas, Nevada, alongside uh, former NFL quarterback Sean King. I am Tim Murray. We're sitting in for Mitch and Polly this week as they are enjoying a well-deserved vacation. The fellas will be back next week. Thanks to Eric Eager for joining us just a moment ago. Later on this hour, we're going to do a segment called New Faces, or Same Face, New Place. There are, look at this list, Sean. This is a list. This is all group of, this is all Power Five. New quarterbacks and Power Five locations. A lot of musical chairs. A lot of movement. And uh, we'll also do New Face, Big place. Some big name college football programs are going to have new signal callers. Why? Well, a couple of them went very high in the NFL draft. So, Sean, a little quiz real quickly. You were drafted second round 1999. Mm -hmm. Do you know or do you remember who the rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year was in 1999? Ooh. It was almost unanimous. I think it might have been. So the top of that draft went, if I'm not mistaken, Tim Couch. Ding. Um, Donovan McNabb, two. Ding. Uh, Akili Smith, three. Bing. Uh, Edrin James, Ricky Williams. Yep. Okay, so I, Nailed think, it. I think it was Edrin. Good, good memory. Yeah. Edrin James, your rookie of the year yeah. in 1999. Um so 20, what, four years ago, you were drafted in the second round by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was underdrafted. <laughs> I would say that's fair. You started as a rookie. You played yeah. in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, they, they were hating on Tulane. <laughs> how, do they, how do they hate on Tulane, but yet pick the guy from UCF over you? Yeah. <laughs> Guess you're right. <laughs> Maybe it was me. <laughs> You thought you were going to be drafted higher, though, right? I thought I was going to San Francisco. They had like 23rd, 24th pick, I think, that year. Somewhere 24th. There. Do you remember who they drafted? Reggie McGrew, defensive tackle from Florida. I still haven't stopped crying from hearing that selection. <laughs> I love It's so great hearing stories from people like yourself. You know, these draft day stories of people who, you know, like uh, Mike Pritchard, on the other hand, you know, our colleague here at VEASAN went first round in 91 and he said, he was like, I was in my underwear uh, in my apartment. He's like, I wasn't expecting. He's like, then I got called by the Falcons. Like, hey, you're picked by us. Like, what? Oh, okay. Um, I, I, I mean, that happened 24 years ago. And you spit out Reggie McGrew's name like, you know, he's your next door neighbor. Yeah, I thought I was going there. Um, going to the Bay? Yeah, I guess they had some injuries on defense. They were deficient on the defensive side of the ball. Because Jim Druckenmiller, I think it kind of failed, and it would have been me versus a guy that just came from Canada named Jeff Garcia. 
Did you beat out Jeff Garcia? Yeah, I like me in that matchup. Um, 49ers went 4-12 yep. in 1999. The curse of King. <laughs> well, at least, at least for your sake, Sean, it wasn't this. It's not the draft now where you would have had to wait a whole day. Yeah. At least in 1999, it was. So you know, all, all, I think it was all seven rounds. I think happened that day, or was it 11 rounds then? No, it was still seven. seven. It was all in one day. Was it all in one? Not day? Because it was like I thought it was over two days, but like it was like first three. I don't know. Whatever. You you didn't have to wait like Will Levis had to wait. Listen, the, the space between one and 50 seemed like a week. <laughs> so let me ask you this real quick because I didn't. But I, you know, hey, it's it's All Star Week. Let's do a little story time. So the Cleveland Browns come back into the NFL, they have the number one pick, and they go with Tim Couch. At what point, Sean, did you sit there and think, all right, my name might get called sooner rather than later? Because like you said, you ultimately went 50th, which is a long-ass time to wait when Tampa Bay finally called you. But at what point in the draft did you think, I got to pay attention because I might get picked here? I mean, right from pick two, um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. We brought him in to prime time. He think he's the head of the XFL. He was uh, in the Philadelphia. He was a scout for the Eagles. Yeah, he was an Eagles then, and he was like they were having conversations on draft day, McNabb or me. Ultimately went to McNabb. He had played in that region. You know, cold, is that why? Is that why they were with McNabb? Yeah, cold he got climate. booed. Maybe the, maybe that's why he got booed. The well, fans at the Radio fans, City thought the, it was going to be McNabb. This you. is before running back was devalued. I think the Philly fans wanted Ricky Williams, probably, if I'm not mistaken. But uh. I mean, right from pick two. You know, I, when, when Chicago took Cade McNown, I mean, I just, I went and got the knife. I just didn't use it. I was just about to end it. I, I couldn't believe some <laughs> of the things that were transpiring on this day. But, you know, ultimately it worked out. Great times there in Tampa. But it can be an emotional roller coaster, just like it was this year for Will Levis, who some people had convinced him that he was going number two to the Texans or number four to the Colts. He ultimately yeah. fell was second round, second pick of the second round, I think it was. Uh, yeah, third third pick, whatever right. it was. Yeah, yeah. But that was the following day, so I can imagine how excruciating that night was for him. So, hey, it's a great feeling when they finally call your name, but it can be very, very emotionally draining up until that point. You may Hall of Famers were in your draft class? Ooh. You name one of them already. All right, so Edgerin's in the Hall. Uh, There's only one more. Champ Bailey. Man, you're on fire this morning, Sean. Champ Bailey, seventh pick by my Washington football franchise. They traded him for a running back. So that was a smart move by Dan Snyder. All right, let's, uh, we're talking drafts, so let's get to these quarterbacks, and we'll start with the number one pick. Bryce Young goes to Carolina. He's going to be the day one starter. He is not, Sean, the favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. That would be B. John Robinson, who is in Atlanta uh, at DraftKings. B. John plus 250. Bryce is at five. To one, let's start with the player first, and then we'll get to the scheme fit. Your breakdown of Bryce Young as a quarterback heading into the NFL is what box office. I mean, he's as good of a prospect as we've seen in a while. His only alleged deficiency is he's slight and not tall. But when you just look at the actual film, the skills, the playmaking, the football IQ. The calmness amongst chaos. I mean, he's an elite prospect. If he was 6'2", 210, I mean, he'd be talked about in ways that people will talk about Caleb Williams next year. Like, his only detractors are because, I would he measure 5'11 and a half maybe? Something like that. And yeah. what, 190? So, so that's the only negative when you're evaluating Bryce Young because he was exceptional at Alabama. So when you look at the fit down there in Carolina. So it's a new regime. Frank Reich comes in, Mm -hmm. takes over. Uh, What do you make of that? Because, you know, Frank Reich is known as this QB whisperer. Couldn't find the guy in Indianapolis, whether that was his fault or, you know, a franchise going out and getting Carson Wentz. Um, But what do you make of Bryce Young and Frank Reich working hand-in-hand here? I think that's a good landing spot for Bryce Young. Um, Frank Reich's a former NFL quarterback. His quarterback coach, Josh McCown, former NFL quarterback, offensive assistant, uh, I think is a title Jim Caldwell has. He's Mm -hmm. a guy that's developed or worked with Peyton Manning and a bunch of elite uh, signal callers. So I think there's a lot of experience in the building. 
to help him make the transition. The problem is, Tim, hell, Adam Thielen's their most accomplished pass catcher, and I'm pretty sure Paulie and Mitch can beat him in a 40. Like, Thielen <laughs> can't run anymore, so I'm trying to figure out who is Bryce going to throw the ball to, and I know they're high on T. Marshall, uh, third-year yeah. player from uh, LSU, but he's been injured. He hadn't done it. Probably the only takeaway that I thought worked against Carolina in the trade-up with the Bears was that they had to include D.J. Moore. Mm-hmm. I'd be higher on Bryce Young if they had kept DJ Moore, and I knew he had a competent top-level pass catcher. But I think there are going to be some rough stretches here because they're just not very talented at wide receiver. And here's why that matters. People are going to be stuck to those guys like glue. So the windows that he's going to have to complete passes, to me, are going to be very minimal because they're just not that talented at wide receiver. Terrence Marshall, DJ Shark, Adam Thielen. They drafted Jonathan Mingo in the second round who – Got some upside. Yeah, got, Ole Miss, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And then you got Lavisca Chenault. They have it's a good, good XFL team. <laughs> they signed Miles Sanders. Huh? Good XFL team. <laughs> Would they win the XFL? Your calls next. All right. Uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, looking at AP Rookie of the Year, if you're wondering, you know the trends because MVP has basically become just a quarterback-driven award. It's it's going to be the quarterback, almost no doubt. Offensive Rookie of the Year, not necessarily, right? Last two have actually been wide receivers, Garrett Wilson and Jamar Chase. Brees Hall probably would have won the award if he didn't get hurt. And then it was two quarterbacks, Herbert Murray. Then it was Saquon and Alvin Kamara. So you look at the last six years, the last eight years, you had three running backs, three quarterbacks, two wide receivers. So it's kind of up in the air. It's not a slam dunk, it's got to be a quarterback type of award, and that's why I see B. John Robinson as the favorite. Um Anthony Richardson is is next on the list. So he went four. We'll get to C.J. Stroud on the other side of the break because I know you really like C.J. Stroud. Uh, Anthony Richardson at six to one. We just heard from Eric Eager at the end of last hour that he's he's bullish a bit on the Colts. What are you expecting to see from Anthony Richardson, Sean, in year one as the starter for the Colts? I think there are going to be some really, really high moments where he does things that you cannot coach, you cannot teach, you cannot train an athlete to do, but they're going to be, in my opinion, a a lot of valleys, you know, because I do think he's going to be very uh, turnover prone as he gains experience in this league. I will say the two horses that I'm backing early to win NFL Rookie of the Year, Jameer Gibbs, who was selected by the Lions in the first round. I think they're going to go out of their way to make sure they highlight him, and they have the surrounding pieces to do it, unlike Bajan Robinson, in my opinion. And a dark horse for me is Miami rookie Devin Achain. I think he has a chance to be box office in that system. And today's show is brought to you by Box Office. That is the keyword of the day. That's Sean <laughs> King. I'm Tim Murray. Is C.J. Stroud, Sean? Box Office will break down the Houston Texans Rookie quarterback on the other side. Uh, come on back. It's follow the money here on VEASAN. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core... What I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math and Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. 
and I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. We all know about the speed of sound, but have you ever thought about the sounds of speeding? Drive too fast, and you could hear the sound of your vehicle crashing. Because one way or another, speeding catches up with you. Paid for by NHTSA. Alongside Sean King, former NFL quarterback, I am Tim Murray. We're sitting in for Mitch and Paul here on uh, All-Star Week, the Home Run Derby tonight in Seattle and the All-Star Game tomorrow. By the way, uh, I'm sure Gil Alexander's all fired up as uh, Wimbledon. Uh, back in action over across the pond. Uh as a shout-out to American Chris Eubanks, only American left. Uh, Pride of Georgia Tech is uh, into the round of 16. So uh, coming up in just a little bit, I deem this same face, new place. There are a whole hell of a lot, folks, of quarterbacks that hit the transfer portal in the Power Five and uh, who will be the most impactful. So we'll hit on that on the other side of the break. But... Continuing the breakdown of quarterbacks, we hit on Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson. Uh, and Sean, I think fair to say, expects some some bumps in the road for both of those quarterbacks this year. But uh, who would you say this year, of those two, because we're going to get to C.J. Stroud here in just a sec, that you expect, Sean, more boom from Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson? I'm going to go Anthony Richardson from a entertainment value because I think there will be some situations where, I mean, you can just see the potential. I think from a consistency standpoint, platform, it's by Sean by far. I think a lot of people are going to be really impressed with just everything about the young man. He's a football first guy. He's going to be great in the locker room for the Panthers. I just don't like the prospectus for them this year because I don't think they're very good around him at the skill position player uh, positions. Think if he was in Carolina last year with Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. DJ Moore at wide receiver. That's a different story, but but a lot of those pieces have departed. But he's going to be outstanding. And, and, and listen, Anthony Richardson is going to have some spectacular plays, but I worry about him turning the football over. Do you you mentioned it? Do you get worried about just the slight nature? We were talking, we opened the show with Victor Wimbanyama, right? Mm-hmm. And and just, uh, you know, he'll fill out at some point, but he's got the skill set, but the, you know, the meat's not on the bone necessarily yet. Do you expect the, the physicality of the NFL to affect him at all? Well, let's just say this. Football's a violent physical game. Derrick Henry got hurt last year. I don't know if you've ever met Derrick Henry. I have not in person, person. but he He's looks a like the Terminator. individual, and he got <laughs> injured. If this was 1999, I would say Bryce Young's percentage chance to get injured would be high. But in 2023, Tim, with all the rules in place to protect the quarterback, you know, it's really difficult to take a lot of cheap shots and get extra hits on the opposing team's quarterback. I think he'll be fine. He's built a lot like Drew Drew Brees, who did get injured when at the time with the San Diego Chargers at that point. But basically throughout his New Orleans Saints career, for the most part, he was injury-free. So with the advancements in science and how guys recover and recuperate, I think Bryce Young will ultimately be fine. Let's get to C.J. Stroud, number two overall pick. And, you know, if we remember back, 
to <laughs> the draft. <laughs> Another one Ro of my great calls. Roller coaster ride. Well, not for me. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you haven't learned yet, the Go Go Gadget Arm, he's he's very selective on his, uh, his memory. Well, was I not on you, you CJ right. Stroud to go number two the whole time? Never wavered. That's all I was saying. Yeah, you you said he was the second best player, and I had a ticket that said he was going number two to the Texans. But we can we don't have to digress into that. Come on, we're having a good morning. <laughs> we're getting along. Let's go. CJ Stroud. CJ well, Stroud. Once, let's again, go. once again, folks, just just I mean, it's because I want to make a point. I want to make a, his I arm. Make a, his arm. I don't know how it reaches back there so much. I, I want to make. I want to make a point about CJ and Bryce Young. So come on. All right, CJ Stroud. Goes to Houston, number two overall pick. You've got a new regime down there in Houston. What do you expect from C.J. Stroud year one in Houston? He's going to surprise a lot of people. Um, all the reports you've heard from Houston are that they could not be more happy with what they've seen so far from their young signal caller. Uh, 37 touchdowns, six picks last year at Ohio State. Probably the most accurate quarterback film I've ever witnessed from a college player. I mean, you look at game after game, throw after throw, very rarely is the ball not in the exact perfect place. And I'm talking about deep on the uh, outside, deep over the middle, intermediate, middle, sideline, short throws, crossing routes. I mean, routes to the running back. I mean, he's he's really, really accurate throwing the football. He's going to be an outstanding player. Again, I would like his chances at rookie of the year more if Brandon Cooks was now in Houston instead of in Dallas. He's another one of these situations, although Damian Pierce, the running back, I think has a chance to build upon a really good rookie year. I don't love the receiving core for the Texans uh, either. So maybe won't be as productive as he could be because of the pieces around him, but he will be the starting quarterback there for a while. And I just wanted to put this side note. Because the first pick and the second pick in the draft, do you know where they played high school football, Tim? Uh, California. Both from California. C.J. Scrouse from Pasadena. I mean, uh, C.J. Strauss from Island Empire, Bryce Young from Pasadena. This is why the USC fans are so excited about Lincoln Riley because they did not let the top quarterback in California get out of the state. He actually went to USC this year. But that was one of the issues that that state was having. Alabama and Ohio State came across country and took the guys in that class that were drafted one and two. Yeah, I don't like the situation that's brewing in uh, old uh... – as a Notre Dame Dirty fan, Trojan, yeah, I can yeah. understand. As a Notre Dame fan, the day I saw that news come across and Lincoln Riley was going to USC, I was like, ah, man, our days our days of dominating the Trojans <laughs> are over. Damn it. And Caleb Williams and wins a Heisman Trophy. Um, he's not going anywhere. Curious what kind of season he will have. Uh, real quickly, uh, quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks who will not start this year. Uh, you've got Hendon Hooker coming off the injury. He goes to Detroit. And you've got Will Levis, someone that you were – pretty critical of he drops to the second round he goes to Tennessee uh what do you think of those two fits and if you see if we see either one of them on the field this year is that going to be a bad thing for those two particular franchises well it's one of the reasons that I'm high on the Titans let me answer it like this Jared Goff should be scared Ryan Tannehill's getting an extension there's no one in Tennessee that's better than Ryan Tannehill I said that last year about Malik Willis I'm going to reiterate it this year regarding Will Levis. Neither one of those young men, in my opinion, are going to be elite or legitimate or even average starting quarterbacks in that league. I do think Hendon Hooker has a chance to be really good. So uh, I think if I had a crystal ball, Tim, first game of 2024, which is next year's season, mm -hmm. Ryan Tannehill is the starting quarterback in Tennessee on a new three, four-year deal. Hendon Hooker is a new starting quarterback the Detroit Lions. Interesting. I'm very curious to see how Hendon Hooker is in the pros, Sean, because, you know, you look at the system that they have at Tennessee and, you know, we're going to talk about Joe Milton here later on in this hour, uh, who's now stepping in for Hendon Hooker. Remember, he got the job, lost the job to Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker took it and ran with it, especially last year. Is it, is he a product of the system that he played in at Tennessee, Sean, or is he a, a big-time quarterback? You know, he dropped to the third round, which was surprising. There was all that hype and buzz about, oh, Hendon Hooker definitely going in the first round. I, he might not drop past, you know, number 20. He drops all the way to the third round. Detroit picks him up. And I, I do like the landing spot for him going to Detroit, Sean, ultimately, because he doesn't have to be rushed into uh, 
into the, you know, the fires there coming off of the torn ACL. But what do you think, you know, that system uh, that is run there, you know, by Josh Heupel, is that more of a, you just, you just look one way and your guys are, are wide open? Because there are times where Jalen Hyatt was running buck naked, you know, wide open well, down the field. Well, let me say this. The reason that Justin Fuente got fired at Virginia Tech is for some reason he didn't think Hendon Hooker could play. The reason that Josh Heupel and his entire staff just got an extension was because they realized that they had made the wrong decision initially in going with Joe Milton, and they immediately corrected it and went with Hendon Hooker, and the rest is history. Alabama win later, and look, uh, Hendon Hooker's going to be outstanding. I don't love that system, specifically as it projects to Tennessee system. Uh, no, the Art Bryles okay, yeah, system yeah. that is ultimately what Josh Heupel is yeah. running at Tennessee as it projects to rookie success in the National Football League. I said it last year with Traylon Burks coming out of Kendall Brown's system, who's uh, Art's son there yep. in Arkansas, that it would take him a year to make the adjustment. So I think Hendon Hooker's learning curve will be accelerated because he was somewhere other than just Tennessee. So he's learned multiple systems. And I think it's a good spot. I think... Um, Detroit, especially when they get Jamison Williams back from suspension, which mm-hmm. I think is what, a six-game six suspension? Six games, yeah. You know, they have the pieces with uh, Amar St. Bronze, they, Jameer Gibbs, uh, Laporta at tight end. So I, I'm buying some Detroit stock. But I think it's more going to be 24, not 23. I think they don't meet expectations. At what point does Aiden O'Connell start in, in Las Vegas? Maybe day one. <laughs> is Garoppolo healthy? I don't know. He... That contract got all uh, swift around, so if he's uh, if he's hurt, they can just pull the plug and say, all right, Aiden O'Connell, come on down. Speaking of Aiden O'Connell's alma mater, they've got a new quarterback. We call it same face, new place. There's a lot of change at the quarterback position in college football. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Download the DraftKings app today. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get $150 in bonus instantly. Use the promo code VSIN, that's V-S-I-N, when you sign up. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. We're sitting in for Mitch and Paul on Follow the Money here on a Monday morning. Sean, you're... Uh, your arch nemesis, Stefanos Zitsipas, is uh, is on the uh, is on the court right now, taking on Chris Eubanks in Wimbledon. Chris Eubanks, the pride of Georgia Tech, up uh, one love in yeah. the first set. If not for the bouginess of the people that actually live in the neighborhood surrounding the English uh, All England Tennis Club, I think it's called, then this would be Andy Murray, <laughs> cousin Andy, playing Eubanks. Got a rough deal. By the way, uh, I saw Eubanks. He went on the set yesterday of ESPN. That dude is sharp. He is. He's phenomenal. So uh, good luck. Well, only, we need Amer- him. only American male <laughs> left. So yeah, we need him. Yeah. My guy, uh, Francis Tiafo got bounced uh, in the last round. All right. Uh, we're calling this same face, new place. So college football is less than seven weeks away. Just a little personal plug here. The VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast has been going through all offseason long. We just previewed all five Power Five conferences. Sean, there are 69 Power Five teams. If you include Notre Dame, 60 or 69 Power Five teams. By my count, now some of these guys may not start, and we'll get to one in particular. By my count, 23 of those 69 teams, a third of them, will have a transfer as their starting quarterback this year. 33% will have a transfer quarterback as their starter. Who are those guys? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's get to it. Alabama. I don't know if they're going to start him, but they have a transfer from Notre Dame, Tyler Buckner. Now, Jalen Milrow is on that roster. Who the hell knows what they're going to do ultimately at the quarterback position? I think you know we've kind of come to the speculation that Tommy Reese, the new OC down there in at Alabama, might go kind of multi-quarterbacks and run both of them, but Alabama, after their spring game, went to the portal and got a guy in Tyler Buckner who got beat out by another transfer, which we'll talk about here in just a sec. But 
That, to me, is one of the wildest things, that Alabama is replacing Bryce Young potentially with the backup quarterback from Notre Dame. Yeah, Ty Simpson's also in that race. It's hard for me to imagine Buckner getting playing time this year at Alabama. I mean, Milrow might be the best athlete playing quarterback in the country. Very unrefined, throwing the ball. And then Ty Simpson was so highly rated coming out of high school. You have to think at some point one of those two kind of grabs the reins. I'll say this. I'm leaning under in Alabama's win total as we look at this season. They're going to be outstanding on defense, but I think there is a drop-off coming offensively for the Crimson Tide. Yeah, it's been a popular play. Ten and a half, even at Circa here, it's down to ten. So, uh, you know, for for a team like Alabama who hasn't lost three games in a regular season since 2009, uh, but certainly could be the case. you got to ask yourself this question. What's Alabama's record last year without Bryce Young? Just ponder that for just a moment. Speaking of Notre Dame, they bring in Sam Hartman, all-time leader in ACC passing yards and touchdowns. He takes over uh, for the Irish. I'm very curious about Notre Dame this year. Obviously, I'm a fan, but Sean, they had a very public disastrous offensive coordinator search that landed them with an inexperienced in-house hire with Jared Parker. Sam Hartman comes in. You've got a great offensive line. You've got good running backs. You've got inexperienced, but highly you know, um, sought-after wide receivers. What do you expect from Sam Hartman in year as a new, same face, but a new place heading to Notre Dame from Wake Forest? So, outstanding player. Uh, did it at a program where wasn't necessarily surrounded by NFL caliber personnel, goes to one in Notre Dame that all they do is, you know, produce NFL quality talent. So the only question mark is because of the ride the fake zone read system that Wake, uh, the scheme when he was there, can he make the transition? Now, everything I've heard, excellent spring, excellent offseason. People are really excited about him at Notre Dame. I would say this is going to work. But there are some question marks in a traditional, more traditional drop-back system. What does that look like? How long does it take him to get really comfortable? And also, is Notre Dame elite at the skill positions going into this season? That's a question mark as well as they lost their all-everything tight end yep. to the National Football League. So I do think this will work. Will it work at a Notre Dame national title contender, Sam Hartman Heisman level? That is yet to be seen. So I'll give you this uh, little nugget. Uh, this from uh, Payne Insider, part of the Bet the Board podcast, Todd Furman and uh, Brad Powers. He said, Marcus Freeman's a defensive-minded coach, but Sam Hartman will determine Notre Dame's success in 2023. I think that's fair. Hartman has two great tackles. He's got Blake Fisher on the right side, Joe Alt on the left side. Some projections have Joe Alt top five in this upcoming NFL draft and won't throw from as many, quote, muddy pockets like in Wake's slow mesh. Only Bryce Young has graded better from a clean pocket than Hartman mm-hmm. over the last two seasons. So, uh, interesting nugget there. All right, we'll kind of run through these faster. I, can I just tell yeah. you two that really stick out to me? Absolutely. Cade McNamara at Iowa. Iowa. Yep. If this had happened last year, mm-hmm. I think Iowa has a chance to win the Big Ten. Cade McNamara, uh, for those not watching with us, he was at Michigan, was the starting quarterback of that team when they went to the playoff two years ago, lost out his job, got injured. J.J. McCarthy took over. He's now at Iowa. Uh, they're a preseason top 25 team, Sean. Yeah, but I, they lost a lot, so I don't know yeah. if they're going to be as good as they were last year, but if he was the quarterback last year, I think that's a whole different season. The other one that's really interesting for me is Brennan Armstrong, who was really good two years ago at Virginia. Yep. For whatever reason, didn't really fit in Tony Elliott's system in his first year there. I mean, of course, they had some tragic you know, situations occur you know, within that program. It doesn't mean, well you know, relayed, but him going to NC State, because I think I kind of think NC State had maxed out with Devin O'Leary. They do return some really good pieces, you know, there in Raleigh. That'll be interesting for me with Brennan Armstrong as well. Thing to note too about that new face, same face, new place. So Brennan Armstrong, Virginia quarterback, now at NC State, he reunites with Robert Anai, who was his offensive coordinator at UVA when Bronco Mendenhall resigned. Anai went to Syracuse. 
You mentioned the Tony Elliott situation down there uh, just didn't work. So you see this, and there's a couple other spots. So I'll give you one, too. Pittsburgh brings in Phil Jerkovic, who is now at his third stop. He started at Notre Dame, didn't work out there, went to Boston College, had success his first year, and then got injured, had crappy lines. He reunites with his old OC, Kirk Signetti, who was at Boston College the year that he had success. So we'll see. Third stop for Phil Jerkovic. He's now the the quarterback for Pitt. So he went Notre Dame, Boston College, and now he is at Pitt. Yeah, this is the worst quarterback Pitt's had in a decade. Like, I'm not a Jerkovic (laughs) fan at all. Uh, I was surprised that they even wanted him. Uh, outside of local Gra- guy, man. Outside of Graham Mertz going to Florida, which I have no clue, no understanding about Billy Napier and what they saw in the film that would make them want Graham Mertz. But I'm in the same boat with Jerkovic. He was terrible last year. I mean, he was absolutely awful. awful. I mean, he had, I mean, he had Zay Flowers, and that was it. I mean, he he had that. That was it. So uh, let's run through a couple more before we hit a break. Um, so ta- Tyler Buckner. Alabama from Notre Dame, Sam Hartman, Notre Dame from Wake Forest. How about Tanner Mordecai from SMU to Wisconsin? Wisconsin's going to look completely different. Yeah, so Luke Fickle's the new head coach there. Uh, they bring in uh, Phil Longo from North Carolina, North Carolina to run that offense. So your old school ground and pound, you know, just run it down your throat. Wisconsin mentality may be over. And they went to the group of five and got Tanner Mordecai, multiple year starter, to be their guy in uh, in Wisconsin. So I'm not necessarily upset with what Fickle is doing, trying to bring Wisconsin into modern football and out of the stone ages, which they have been playing on offense. But I don't know if you can do it in one offseason. Like having coached at University of South Florida, we played Wisconsin. The system that Longo had success with at North Carolina is based on elite athletes that are evasive in space. I don't know if you can have that much roster turnover in one offseason. So this may ultimately work for Fickle long-term. I don't know if that manifestation happens in 2023. Do you think Braylon Allen, who was really good running back, really good. I mean, you think back to, was it three years ago when they had Javante Williams uh, down in North Carolina and, um, uh, the other Michael Carter, Michael Carter, who's at the Jets. I mean, they had some monster games. Do you think Braylon yeah, but Allen? They also, all those receivers are now in the NFL as well. That's I true. When last time Wisconsin put a wide receiver in the National Football League? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple more. Same face, new place. How about new face, big place? A little more college football chatter on the other side. The home run derby tonight. It's that time of year, folks. Getting creative. It's Follow the Money here on VEASAN. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core... What I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math and Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll get unlimited access to our vcin.com slash picks page sort picks by sport matchup event date and more check the top vcin experts leaderboard to view betting records profit and roi and see which vcin expert has the hot hand for vcin pro picks betting splits power ratings plus 24 7 video access become a vcin pro subscriber today sign up now for only 19 bucks head on over to vcin.com slash subscribe alongside sean king i am tim murray we're sitting in for the fellas Normally, you can catch us weeknights, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern on VSIN Primetime. You asked a question mm-hmm. that I did not know the answer to, which was Wisconsin wide receivers in the NFL. Well, I have an answer. So the Athletic actually did a big recruiting profile on Wisconsin back in May. And it said, quote, finally, there's wide receiver." where three-star Dante Cephas became a fifth-round pick of the Lions in 2020. No other Badgers receiver has been taken in the past nine drafts. <clears throat> yeah, the name that I can remember that I, that, that I had, that I thought, you know, was it, was Chris Chambers. who was the Miami Dolphins selection. Yeah, God, that was... That was- Right. So, so for uh, you. So my thing is, is Luke Fickle goes in there. He wants to evolve the offense. He brings in Phil Longo, who was outstanding with Sam Howell and then Drake May. But is North Carolina also works because they had NFL wide receivers and running backs. Of course, Wisconsin's always had great backs, but the wide receiver position is something different. So I think it'll take Luke a couple cycles to get the roster where he wants it. They did get uh, through the portal, C.J. Williams, who was a high four-star recruit out of California, went to USC, didn't really see the field. He transfers to Wisconsin, so we'll see how he will uh, fare this year. All right, just kind of putting a bow on on this same face, new place, because I want to get to some of the big boys who have a new face and uh, what we, we can expect from Ohio State. Georgia, all new quarterbacks there at those particular schools. Uh, one that we talked about a little bit last week on Prime Primetime, which is DJ Uyunglele. Five-star recruit, goes to Clemson, filled in for Trevor Lawrence when Lawrence got COVID in 2020, played against Boston College and Notre Dame, played very well against Notre Dame. And then once he got the job full-time, Sean, and eh, not so great, right? Um, so he goes to Oregon State. I have played Oregon State's win total over eight. I, I like this situation, and we talked about it a little bit, but what do you think about the the fit there for DJU to go to Corvallis? Kind of less pressure out there. You've got a really good quarterback developer in Jonathan Smith as your head coach, a former Oregon State quarterback. Remember, he was the quarterback of that, was that 99 Oregon State team that uh, was 2001. 2001 was Chad Johnson and, uh, and TJ Hushmanzada. So what do you think about uh, DJ going to uh, Oregon State? Um, the starter from last think, year, by I the think, way, is still there. I think this is going to be Cole interesting. Because I do like Oregon State. I like the direction the program's headed. And DJ wasn't bad last year at Clemson. I mean, 22 touchdowns, 7 picks, rushed for another 7. The thing is this. Oregon State's coming off of what? They win 9 Games Nine regular year. season games, won right. the bowl games, so, so they won they, 10 games. They're coming off a 10-win season. When you ask me about DJ at Oregon State, an improvement on that would be what? Pac-12 champion? Mm. So it's kind of like, yeah. 
uh, does he put them in the conversation? We'll find out. I think if he gets back to using his size and athleticism to his advantage, uh, they have a better chance of being successful. But can Oregon State win the Pac-12? Not so sure about that. Yeah, so like 12, 13 to 1? I yeah. would say a season similar to last year's would be acceptable to everybody in Corvallis. Uh, Spencer Sanders went from Oklahoma State to Ole Miss. He's about 105 years old. Um, yeah, I don't understand this one. I don't think he's starting. I think Jackson started. From everything that's been reported, Jackson Dart's going to keep the job. So And Will Howard transferred. I, I think Lane Kiffin just is like, yeah, yeah, come on in. Just just bring everyone in. Well, you uh, can never have too many. And, I mean, as we've seen, Lane seems to be a cup of tea guy. Like, one day he likes this kind of tea. The next day it's that. The best thing Ole Miss Jackson did. Jackson Dart did kind of turn the ball over a little bit. 11 interceptions last year. So, I'm sure that's something that. You know, Lane probably would like to improve upon, especially considering he only threw 20 touchdowns. So it wasn't like he was super impressive. Having said that, he does have a huge advantage of having been in that system for a lot longer. So can Spencer, who's not really a drop back, a proficient thrower of the football, can he adjust? Maybe. He's a better athlete than Jackson Dart, who, by the way, oh, well, Jackson had a decent. He rushed for 614 yards, but only one touchdown. We'll see. I think it's a good competition. I guess it's better to have two than not have any. They have three because they got Will Howard too, who was a highly touted recruit. Remember he? You know, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Will Howard lines up at some H back. By the way, the best thing that Kiffin did this offseason, he got Trey Harris and Zachary Franklin, two big time group of five wide receivers. Trey Harris from Louisiana Tech, Zachary Franklin, UTSA, got them through the portal. Right. I will say this: yeah. I'm disgusted with Power Five teams rating the Louisiana Tech and the UTSA-type schools for their best players. The NCAA needs to revamp that in some way, shape, form, or fashion because it's really unfair to these programs who have taken a chance on a guy that these bigger schools didn't do a proper evaluation on. You've developed them, and then to just have them be able to come in and, and, and just get rewarded for all your hard work. They need to do something about that. Mm-hmm. Get your collective to have more money. You're my alma mater. If you're in Ruston, Louisiana, and you're at La Tech, they're never going to be able to raise But enough. if you're Trey Harris, and you just balled out at Louisiana Tech. Right, who believed in you initially when Ole Miss didn't. Yeah. Because if Ole Miss would have offered Trey Harris out of high school, he would have gone to so Ole you're Miss telling me, over La Tech. So you're telling me this this guy, could he's going to get more money He's no, going to get to no. play in front of every, no, no, like, no. I'm not hundreds saying, of thousands I'm of people. I'm not saying the player made the wrong decision. I'm saying this is where the NCAA yeah. needs to step in and make some amendments. Well, they're a bunch of morons and they have the, no uh, idea. They're, to the transfer portal situation. All right. How about new faces, big places? These programs have new signal callers this year. Georgia. He's a baller. Ohio him. State. Penn State. Tennessee. Clemson. UCLA I threw in there because I'm curious about Dante Moore, five-star recruit out of Detroit. But let's go to Carson Beck. Carson Beck takes over for Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett, who somehow, someway didn't even graduate from Georgia, even though he was Van Wilder on their what? campus. Yeah. Uh, Carson Beck at Georgia, Sean, you said he's a baller. Mm-hmm. What do you expect from Carson Beck at Georgia? Be the best quarterback they've had. Since they allowed Justin Fields to transfer to Ohio State. Uh, I mean, when you look at this run Georgia's been on, I mean, the one position that hasn't really had like a first-round caliber talent is quarterback. I mean, every other position on the field, I think they've had NFL caliber guys. And now I think they finally have a NFL caliber quarterback. So this is going to be fascinating to watch. He's big. He's accurate. He has the best tight end we've seen in a long time in the college Rock football Bowers. realm. So. I mean, they're going to be good, and I think they're actually, they'll actually get better offensively. I would not be surprised this year, Tim, if they're a more offense-led team than defense-dominant team like they've been the last two years. A lot of buzz out there, and I understand it, for Carson Beck for Heisman, and I wouldn't disagree. If you can get the starting quarterback of the number one team in the country in that 20-1 to 1 range, uh, yes, please. Uh, speaking of which, Kyle McCord. He takes over for C.J. Stroud, unlike Georgia – this quarterback was drafted number two overall in C.J. Stroud and put up some prolific numbers. So, Sean, Kyle McCord steps in uh, into Ryan Day's offense. What do you expect? How big of a drop-off could we see from Stroud to McCord? So, I'm going to 
combine the next two okay. because this is fascinating. And they're all in this. Well, is it the Big Ten one division? Still divi- no, no. It's still divisions this year. Right? This year. Next so, year, so no more divisions. They're all in the same division. You have Big Michigan, Ten East. who was in the college football playoff. J.J. Uh, McCarthy, who's going to be, what, year three at Michigan, year two as the full-time starter. But then you have these two programs in Penn State, Ohio State. Uh, Kyle McCord, highly touted, young quarterback, has been in the program there at Ohio State, backed up C.J. Stroud last year. Drew Alar, highly titled young quarterback, has been in the program, backed up Sean Clifford, and 79 combined pass attempts for these two. They're yet to throw an interception. So five touchdown passes, zero interceptions. I'm combining Kyle McCord and Drew Alar's stats. Whichever one of these young men is ready to really become big time, I think Ohio State and Penn State, specifically Penn State, because I think they're really, really good and kind of flying under the radar has a chance to not just win the Big Ten potentially, but make the college football playoff. Penn State's loaded, man. They got a ton of talent in that backfield. Nicholas Singleton's a stud. Katron Allen's a beast. They went into the portal. They got Dante Cephas from Kent State. So Penn State, if Drew Alar is as good as Nittany Lion hopeful fans think he is, and he's replacing Sean Clifford, who, you know, talent-wise, not as highly talented as Drew Alar. We will see. We'll talk to Will Brinson. Break down the NFL coming up top of the hour. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.